1: how's it going
0: all right i'm uh yeah kind of busy today causing trouble
1: yeah always good to hear it thank you for being here so, all right. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you first of all a little bit of background on yourself, if that's okay. Like, what what were you doing before uh, this whole this whole scam started?
0: Huh. Well, um, for about almost thirty years, I, I was involved with uh, financial matters, like small business owners, people with lots of debt, and I do reorganizations, I do restructuring for people that have debt situations, um, planning, wealth planning. And it's not in the traditional sense. I don't have any certifications or um, any uh, titles, qualifications, so to speak, official qualifications. So I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an investor. And so I show other people, I work with other entrepreneurs and investors that are not in the mid-level range. They're small business owners or just consumers that want to have investments. And um, I guess a lot of the things I end up doing are uh, amount to a managing risk. So I look at risk in all kinds of ways. I mean, it could be money. Um, it could just be the way things are structured, uh, liability and things like that. So when I saw this fake pandemic, I was like, okay, well, they're forcing medical interventions on people without licensing. Well, that's a big liability. And the more I investigate it, the more I, I look at it from my you know, my perspective and I'm seeing, okay, they're, they're not even insured for this activity. And then it started just unraveling from there. I was like, oh, interesting. And then I started looking at all the bank, uh, the um World Bank Group documents where they have, I read their financial statements, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm saying, okay, this is in March of last year, and I'm looking at World Bank Group, and they're funded through the March 31st of 2025 to carry out this plan, which I didn't even see it, all of it really, I didn't really understand, I mean, I kind of started seeing it through net last year, but I just wondered, what the heck are they doing planning out for five years, for what, and it's really ominous. So that's what I I look at things in those terms. So when I'm talking to um, a retailer and he's telling me you got to wear a mask to come in here, I'm asking, okay, so what's your duty of care? I'm looking at it in terms of premises liability. What is your duty of care? And they'll say, well, the governor said this and there's an executive order. And I say, okay, did the executive order give your business a new duty of care? And he goes, I don't know what that means. And I say, let me talk to the uh, chief counsel, your top attorney on the company. Let me ask the attorney when did you have a new duty of care because of this executive order? And the chief counsel says, well, we're just trying to do this with CDC guidelines. And I say, okay, if you're intimating that you have a new duty of care, I wanna see your insurance binder that says, you're insured to cover the whole community of people that wanna come in your store because you're a public accommodation. If they contract a disease on your premises and then I want to see the insurance binder that says that you also are liable if someone follows your medical intervention, wears a mask, and suffers an adverse health consequence from it because you haven't examined his medical history. So you see, right. there's all this thing, and the, I, I have a history of looking at things like that. And so when they did the fake pandemic, I was like, well, I could just tear this apart. This is easy. you know. I, <laughs> So for I, don't you, a, I don't care if there's a pandemic <laughs> right
1: but for, for you it's it's safe to say it was like a, a red flag right off the bat i yeah. mean like because that's your that's your whole deal yeah. yeah
0: yeah if i if i just ran over to you and said you need cpr <laughs> 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 wait a minute i mean most people go wait a, do i you know so that's how i look at this stuff you guys right. are telling me you have to do this and but you don't have a duty of care nor are you insured for it and then you've got a cashier telling me I have to undertake a medical uh, intervention to come in your shop. What, what is a medical intervention? I don't know, but they said I have to tell you to do it. Well, the FDA says wearing a mask is a medical intervention. And of course, I didn't know that until, you know, they started this crap. <laughs> so um, so now the letters that I write are directed toward the chief counsel of the business or the CEO who's acting as chief counsel saying, um, hey, um, are you aware that if you consider someone to have a disease, and treat him accordingly, that uh, you're creating a disability for which you're liable under the Americans with Disabilities Act. You now have a disabled customer and everyone that comes in the door is disabled because you're treating them that way. And what we just found recently, our, um, our partner, uh, he's an AD advocate, he just found that uh, treating someone like that is actually a mental illness.
1: Munchausen's so, by proxy, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can look it up in the, it's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Five. It's the fifth edition, fifth edition of the uh, mental illness uh, guide for psychologists and psychiatrists. So I, someone's already diagnosed this.
1: I've been saying that all along, actually, that that's what the government is doing to everybody. It's just yeah. like a worldwide Munchausen's by proxy. It really is.
0: Yep. It, and it so fits it,
1: it's, so perfect.
0: It's, yeah. It's documented. So someone's telling you this. He has a mental illness. So that disqualifies them right there. And then I like to ask, I like to ask if someone says, "Sir, you have to wear a mask." I go like this: "Who diagnosed me as having a contagious disease? Who, who did that?" <laughs> and they're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, because they don't understand that they just, I, they just claim that you have a, lot, a disability. And so once that happens, you then invoke the, the ADA and you say, "Okay, well, I am a qualified individual since you mentioned that with a disability, and and I want." Either I want reasonable accommodations, such as leave me alone, or I don't want reasonable accommodations, and I want you to stop harassing me. Either way, I have, I have that right as a matter of law.
1: So you can say, So if they a- ask you like or try to accommodate you in a certain way, you have the right to say, I don't want your accommodation. I just there want to that shop too. as yeah, a regular you can, person?
0: They, you, can, you can ask for reasonable modifications, but you're not required to. The law says you can ask to be left alone to prevent them from harassing you so the law also says that you don't have to ask for modifications but if you ask for modifications you can propose the modification and that's binding on them they can propose a modification and it's not binding on you so yeah they could they could say well then wear a shield or stand out in the curb and you can say nah, i don't like that one i'm gonna go shopping i like (laughs) strolling through the store (laughs) pardon me
1: (laughs) I don't I've, do that, but
0: I've gotten a lot of
1: people trying to put me on the curb and I say, uh, no thanks, I'm I'm not a dog. Uh
0: or or um, you know, do you have a water fountain for the blacks and the whites also, you know? That. <laughs> that really that really pushes the button, you know.
1: <laughs> it's I'm amazing how yeah. how people have forgotten their history or really, I guess, just never paid attention uh mm-hmm. to, to that stuff. I mean, it's so shameful. Um and another thing I heard I mean People are so misinformed. Another thing I hear is like, "Well, no shirt and no
0: shoes, uh, so therefore no yeah. cocaine and tattoo, and therefore no service."
1: Dude, so legally, <laughs> can someone even force you to put on shirt and shoes?
0: I don't think there's a law for that. But, but what are they going to do? Call the police and say he's not wearing a, sh- a shirt and say it's right. indecent exposure? I don't. It's think not so. indecent exposure. It's not. It's not and lewd and I, lascivious. Right. It's not even really trespass because there has to be a violation. So it's just about being a, a, a human being with somewhat having manners, okay, to wear your shirt in the store. right? But it's yeah, not really a law
1: to have manners.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, uh, right.
1: So that's kind of not a non-argument. <laughs> these, are,
0: these are just not even – I mean these people don't even – they're not even – I was standing in line at the Sam's Club. And, and by the way, um, when, when I see all these people waiting in line with a mask on and stuff, I don't even wait in line behind them. I literally cut in front of them. <laughs> I literally just walk right in front of them. I never wait in line in these stores anymore, and they never say a word, except the other day a, guy, a gentleman did say a word. He was standing in front of me. He was buying one thing at Sam's Club, and he had this blue diaper on his face, and he says, sir, you know you just stepped in front of like 15 people, and I, I went like this. I went, oh, yeah, well, those aren't really people. I don't know what they are, <laughs> but you know, they're not really people because anyone who thinks that there's a contagious disease floating around is going to kill them and puts a diaper on his face all day long, uh, really isn't human. (laughs) And I just kept on going on with my insults and he never responded. He never said anything. Right. Because that's the kind of people that are. but you know, if someone, and this is, you know, in the eighties, if you did that, you get your ass kicked at the grocery store. Hey dude, you know, it would be that. And I would just love for someone to come over and say, look, man, you can't step in front of us. You know, I would love that or, or punch me, you know, do something, but they, that they, just shows you—they've
1: been so subjugated mm-hmm. and, and just like you know t- torn down. I mean, these people when I when I pass them on the street, they won't even look me in the eye. It's really sad. No, they I mean, don't.
0: No, that's that's yeah. that you can tell. And there's that that last scene in um, the book *Alice Shrugged*. If you ever guys read that by Ayn Rand. The last scene in Atlas Shrugged, where Dagny's escaping from the burning building, where the whole the whole world is collapsing because all the losers are, are, are trying to steal other people's productivity, and all the productive people left society, and they started their own community. Yeah. And so the whole place is burning, and Dagny Tiger's the last person you know, who's productive, who's trying to save it all, right, until she realizes it's not worth it. And they're trying to get out of the building to, and the warehouse, and the guard's standing there, and she says, open the door. The whole place is burning. He goes, "Uh." I don't know what to do. And she shot him in the head and killed him. And they, they grabbed his keys from his belt and opened the door and left. And after the scene, he, she was asked, why did you kill that guy? Because she's not a violent person in the story. And she said, well, he wasn't really alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's <is laughs> why I look at these people. They're not people. And I was just thinking about this today. Imagine if you take an experimental drug that modifies your immune system, which is what's happening right now with this injection, if you take this and put it in your body, you may not be human anymore. And if you're not human anymore, could someone be accused of murder if he kills you? And could you be competent if you committed a crime to be liable for the criminal act?
1: That's interesting. I mean, we don't know a lot about it, but I've read some stuff on the whole DNA editing thing. And um, apparently... The whole the DNA thing is not really possible. Like they can't edit our DNA uh, because the the human genome supposedly is constantly evolving. So it's like it's something that they kind of wish that they could do, but I don't think they they've achieved it. Well, they're going to
0: damage it, and so the, yeah, the, whatever maybe. they're doing will modify your immune system. It'll alter it in some way, and that's the definition of a of a disability. So they're creating a disability with the injection
1: yeah well they're causing your your uh, body to at least create proteins i think that you're not normally creating
0: right so So that's a disability anything that modifies your immune system is a disability i mean probably even fluoride in the water creates a disability
1: it's a neurotoxin yeah we've talked about that right yeah it's it's
0: an industrial waste product so so yeah so that i look at it in terms so my history is basically looking at risk so a person will call me and say I love this story. This woman calls me one time and this is about 10 years ago. And she says, I'm getting sued. Uh, And I was like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me why you're getting sued. My my only concern is can I get this person out of the debt situation at the least cost possible? And sometimes it means I tell them a thing and it solves the problem and they don't need to hire me. And I'm, I'm cool with that. So I, so she's telling me the story. And I said, okay, well, you don't care about the company. What are you doing with it? She goes, Oh, I don't really use it much anymore. I'm going to do something else. And I said, okay, but the company's a good standing, right? It was a Florida company. And she goes, yeah. I said, well, let's do this. Let's not hire an attorney to defend the company because you have to get an attorney for a company, a corporation. Instead let's modify your articles with the secretary of state. And we'll take all the attorneys who are on the case and assign them the vice president role, the CEO role, the secretary and give them the company and then do nothing. And so that's what happened. We, we, we gave them the company, the individual attorneys, we assigned the company to the attorneys Mm -hmm. in the public records and then didn't respond to the case and the case disappeared because what happened is they ended up realizing they were suing themselves.
1: (laughs) Interesting.
0: Problem solved. Yeah, that was it. That was the end of the case. We didn't have to fight. It didn't cost her anything. Or a a person will call me and say, "Um, I'm getting sued. And so I'll do a risk analysis because I only care about the risk. I don't care why he's getting sued. I don't care about fighting it. My first risk to, to avoid for a client is cost of litigation. So if I can get him out of the litigation and still end the problem, that's what I want to do. So a person will say, I I have this problem. So I I look, I go through everything and I find out, okay, he's got a personal bank account and I can switch it over to a trust account and he won't be liable. They can't collect the money if they, if they win. And then he's the sole owner of his company, which is, let's say sometimes it's an an S corp or an LLC or something like that. So because he's the sole owner, his risk is that if the creditor wins, uh, the creditor can take, his company money for his personal debts. And most people don't know that because they go to a CPA to set up a company and the CPA will do it, but he's not a risk manager. He doesn't understand about that type of liability. So if I add another person to the ownership, the membership of the company, it'll prevent them from taking his money until he gets a paycheck, which he can decide for himself when he wants to pay himself. So it's pretty easy to, to defeat that. So I will simply modify his articles with the state and be done with it. So that's another guy that doesn't have to go to court and fight somebody, you Mm -hmm. know, and pay lots of money to an attorney. And all he did is just change one thing in his company.
1: Right, so so you're always looking for the easiest way out.
0: Yeah, risk management. Person might call me and say, he'll he'll say, I've got $150,000 I got from an inheritance and I'm thinking about paying off my mortgage and my friend said to call you because maybe he's a client, right? So the client refers his, his friend to me and I'll say, okay, so if you pay off, If you pay off your mortgage in a lump sum, you're going to pay a huge tax on that because maybe you get into a different tax bracket. Plus, instead of putting your money where you're going to get a return on capital, you're putting your money where you're guaranteed to lose return on capital, negative return on capital. You're guaranteed for that because you park your money into a liability, which is your house, which is not an asset. You park your cash in there and it's not performing and it's costing you money. You have to keep paying money to keep that house in good shape. Okay. Mm -hmm. So why don't you do this? Why don't you just look at it like this? Look at your house as a as a number on a balance sheet. And so if you want the cost of the house to disappear in terms of debt, instead of just paying it off, why not just pay off the mortgage every month? Pay off the payment every month with a set off. And the way you do it is you, out of $150,000 that you're so willing to spend on this liability, take Ten percent of that, 15,000 dollars, which, by the way, is way too much money, but let's just say I take 15 grand and I buy an asset that might take me an hour a month to manage, and I take the cash flow from it and pay my mortgage payment. So now I've got this asset with my negative cash flow house on the same balance sheet, and yeah, it's a negative net worth on the entire balance sheet, but my cash flow is zero. It doesn't cost me anything, and I'm not making anything. And so I could just forget about it. It's being my house is being paid for by a piece of paper over here, and I still have the other one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. Hmm, what do I want to do with that? <laughs> right? Wow. Better use of capital. So those are the kinds of things I do.
1: Cool. Well, yeah, that's what most of that is Chinese to me. But I would, yeah, I would definitely hire you. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Um, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> do you? What's the? Do you have any crazy personal stories? Um, as far as the whole you know mask uh or,
0: too you know, many the,
1: the whole scam thing
0: too many yeah oh what's my the, gosh what's the
1: craziest thing
0: i love the time i went into my i took my wife out to eat it um bonefish grill it was this year so like, take her over there and i'm i'm not sure how they're going to treat me at the door because they're still in this iffy area it was in april or something so i just make stuff up on the fly i don't like to stand there and be like some lawyer and start quoting laws i don't do that i'm talking to people and then even to make matters more dramatic it's like two girls that are like college girls you know like my daughter's age right right so they don't care about this stuff and so it's easier to get things done when you're telling a story so they say so i I go and i go identify myself like okay cool we'll be with you in a minute and they go oh and sir here's a box of you know here's a mask right and i said oh i don't i don't wear that stuff and she's (laughs) like but sir you have to wear it and, and so I, I just clicked into my, my storytelling and I said, oh my God, you should have been there last month. I was wearing a mask at Costco and I passed out and they had a call in the ambulance. It was so embarrassing. And I just started making up stuff. I just started making up the story, making it up. And she just interrupted me. She and says, okay, sir, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to wear a mask.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> and they ignored my wife. You know, it's just funny. They don't want a scene. Right. So be, I'm more inclined to do something like that, you know, and I've had a lot more success talking to people like that. Um,
1: that is a really good a good way to
0: do it it's a good way to respond and when people ask you about that you know like for example have you been vaccinated i i like to retort back quickly with do you have herpes (laughs) and and if you don't how do you know and how can i be sure (laughs) right Right. it's really embarrassing but if you want to get embarrassing okay fine you know how old are you if if it's a woman how old are you (laughs) you know do you have any stretch marks i mean This is a personal medical privacy question. So it just makes them think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be asking that person, a complete stranger, you know.
1: Have you been asked if you've been vaccinated?
0: Uh, No, not yet. I mean, I'm not in that crowd, but my clients have. And when I say clients, I mean, I just started taking on cases because I'm like, ah, what the heck? I mean, if I'm going to manage risk, I see this stuff very easily. I understand the law. I understand how to correspond with people i know which people to contact at the company i know what language to use and so it's been successful and there's a large segment of the cases i have that are i should say not successful as of yet because it has to go through court like costco that has to go through court those guys are not gonna you know go along with it but the but the yeah. individuals like sometimes i'll write a letter or do a phone call and um it could be to the right person at the long-term care facility that says oh shoot you know what you're right we can't mm-hmm. do that you know um so yeah i mean that's so as far as stories i mean i was watching there was a uh, one guy as my wife was telling me this one guy shows up at costco in a hazmat suit <laughs> in the parking lot that was last year Ugh. i've seen people with two masks on you guys have seen a lot of that i've seen Very healthy college kids walking around with two masks on in the middle of, you know, sunny weather here in Florida. Um, Just it's. Yeah. So lots of stories.
1: I see that every day here. I mean, it's crazy. 90 degree heat. I just, I just want to, I want to grab them and shake them and say, what are you doing?
0: What yeah, when at first doing? I was, I was at PetSmart when it first came out and this girl comes over to me, she must've been like 18. And she says, sir, you got to wear a mask and all that stuff. And nobody was messing with me. It's just her. She had this like thing, like yeah. some, some employees, like they just going to do this thing and you know, yeah. save the world. And I said, no, I, I don't like to do that. And, and she said, but it's the law. And I just love when people say <laughs> stuff like that. you just took the wrong person. And I said, really, it's the law. Can you cite the law? And she goes, well, uh, well uh, it's a, the, the governor. And I said, okay, so what's the citation? Like Florida statute, what? What is it? And she couldn't cite it. And I said, you know what? It'd be best if you were to call the police on me right now for breaking the law. <laughs> and she disappeared i never saw after that. <laughs> Dude, i mean yeah. they, we, we we talked about it
1: the other night like they really are trying to normalize and people believe this that the governor himself can make a law sure. or the cdc can make a law the most ridiculous thing i saw i think in the past year was when they put out that um they put out that story, about, and the CDC said that it was a federal crime to ride the subway here without a mask.
0: Yeah, they do say that. Yeah, it's certainly not that. It's certainly not. So how yeah. do you know? I mean, I, there's no insurable interest. There's no insurable risk. That's an easy way to test it. Mm-hmm. Never created a new duty of care. So there has to be an act of the legislature to do that. And how can you impose a medical intervention on somebody without informed consent? So how can you have a law that conflicts with another law? You still yeah. have the informed consent law in any country. Informed consent no matter what law, even ADA, forget that. We could just say, I mean, what about all these tards talking about it's my body, my choice, right? Yeah. With the abortion thing. So if that's the case, going by that stupid standard, uh, if it's my body, then it's my choice. And then people say, well, yeah, but it's affecting other people's health. Okay, prove it. And so I love to ask the question, when's, when's, or how many people, or when's the last time someone contracted a contagious disease on the property here? And how is proximate cause ever established? How do you ever prove proximate cause? Okay, so here's how, you, here's how you have some fun with this, guys, if you want to do this. You send a letter, pick a retailer. Just pick one. I don't know why you'd want to choose a particular one. You'll know. Pick one and write a letter to the manager and tell him that you're a, a frequent customer there and that um, you were just recently diagnosed with COVID um, by your doctor. And he said that based upon y- your explanation, he concluded that you contracted COVID at his, on his premises last week when you were shopping there and then ask how you would make an insurance claim with this insurance carrier. Now, he's not not covered for this, but you want to start that drama because you're going to get a letter back, and that letter is going to be from an attorney who will give you every reason why there's not even a pandemic. He will tell you the legal reason why the store has no duty of care. First of all, the letter is going to say, we're not insured for this, and we don't have a duty of care, and you won't be able to establish proximate costs. And he'll say it in so many words because he has to defend the company, and that's exactly the reason why you can't be required to wear a mask.
1: So you get him to admit every reason that kind of blows yes. the whole thing out this of the water. This is so
0: easy. You don't even have to know the law.
1: Right. Another gentleman
0: I was talking to, he, his son was going to soccer in the, in the soccer league, and he signed um, a release agreement, which we all do. You know, We have this um, uh, plan of obstacle here with a zip line and uh, trampolines and stuff for the kids. And so we sign a, a release agreement, which is really, if you didn't do that, if they couldn't do that, they couldn't get insurance, and you wouldn't even have the fun place to be available, right? So I'm all for it. Let's sign. It's okay. I wouldn't sue him anyways. It's my fault. I know. Mm-hmm. So you sign a release agreement or you go to a public pool or community pool that there's a sign with all the rules and the bottom it says swim at your own risk. And the reason why they say that is because there's no lifeguard. Okay. So if you sign an indemnification or a release agreement with an organization or for, a fac- for using a facility or it's posted, then how can that facility manager require you To engage in any mitigation measure to protect others from a pandemic or whatever he can't do both so either i'm going to release you of all liability and you're going to shut your mouth or i'm going to submit to your medical intervention and you're going to guarantee my health then after that Hmm. or if or if if someone tells you to to, uh, take a vaccine this is the big thing guys you want to hear this so If someone's talking about you need to take a vaccine to continue working here. So during an emergency use authorization, and I bet anything this is about to expire because people are getting smart on this stuff. But during the emergency use authorization, any medical intervention is an experiment. It's an epidemiological experiment or a clinical study. And under FDA guidelines and rules, and the law actually, it's illegal to conducted clinical study without the informed consent of the participant and informed consent in a clinical study is huge. It's huge. So that's everything that's going on. Everyone who's taking a vaccine and everyone who's wearing a mask because someone's telling them to is part of the clinical study, whether you like it or not, you're volunteering for an epidemiological experiment that could end your life. Mm -hmm. So if someone tells you like your employer says you have to take it, say, okay, um, you tell me I have to take a vaccine for a disease and let's just say the disease exists, but tell me where the vaccine is. And they say, well, it's a vaccine. There's like, you know, four or five available Pfizer and all these. No, those aren't vaccines. There cannot be a vaccine during an emergency use authorization period. It's not a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's a trial. It cannot, it is not classified as a vaccine, even if it was really a vaccine, like even the vaccine they're claiming is a vaccine is not. It's It's a delivery device. Yeah it's, gene it's, yeah, it's gene yeah. therapy. Yeah, it's gene therapy. Something, yeah. But it's now, ne- and it never will be a vaccine, by the way. But you ask them, okay, if you want me to take a vaccine, where's the vaccine? Okay. So they say, it's this thing over here. And you say, okay, I want you to sign this document disclaiming or to accepting liability for administering this vaccine. And I want you to tell me in writing that as a physician, you're, you're acting under your license and telling me that this is a vaccine. Because it's not. So his license is now in jeopardy. He's never going to sign that anyways. Right. So that, that's if you're dealing with a doctor, you mean? Anybody who tells you to take a vaccine now, right. just know that there is no vaccine. Right. To say something is a vaccine doesn't make it a vaccine. It has to actually be a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have a vaccine during a period of emergency use authorization. And the reason why you have an EUA period is so that those administering the vaccine are not going to be held liable. That they think that way, anyways. That's what that's what the German, you know, the SS thought. <laughs> you know, before Nuremberg, they thought that too. Right. And the, does the Nuremberg
1: Code apply to this? Because we hear a lot about the Nuremberg okay. Code.
0: The Nuremberg Code has been codified into the Code of Federal Regulations for the United States in Title 21, CFR Part 50. Okay, and specifically Part uh, Point 20. So it would be 21 CFR Part 50, Point 20. And that is under the Food, and, Food Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Okay. All right? So if you want to find out how the, the Nuremberg Code applies in our uh, jurisprudence here in America, it's in Title 21 CFR Part 50.20. Okay? You cannot cite the Nuremberg Code. It's not binding on anyone in the states. It's all domestic, unless okay. you're dealing with international law. Gotcha. Okay, that's but just good as well. So, okay,
1: yeah. so say and and this is sounds like it's going to happen pretty soon. Uh, say they FDA approve, uh, what what they call the vaccine. Um, do do these people? Does anything change? Can these people mandate you to take this thing? And what it cannot what be the mandated? Process?
0: No, it cannot be mandated. But the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to extend a, a holding from 1905 in the Jacobson case. Yeah. Uh, I forget the whole citation, but in the Jacob, I have a, br- in fact, I could send you this if you want to publish it. I have a, a brief on this. Um, there's a the Jacobson case, which um, someone sued over the vaccine issue. They they did this before in world war one, um, this whole thing you're seeing right now, they did the mask wearing and all thing a hundred years ago. Yeah. And and so they there was a, a case where I went to the Supreme court and the court said, yeah, um, if, if your uh, illness is going to be contagious to others, then you're responsible for that. And so you have to uh, submit to a, whatever medical, you know, intervention. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was, I believe, a vaccine. Well, in the case, there was never um, an individualized assessment. There was never any diagnosis of there being a contagious disease. Just like today, everyone claims there's a contagious disease, but there isn't. <laughs> COVID nineteen is doesn't even exist. It's it, just a name. You
1: know, they just
0: rebranded the flu or something. Yeah. And and uh, the other thing is, um, viruses are not contagious anyways.
1: Agree there too. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it's really double funny there. Um, so uh, yeah, they cannot. So they can say that um, you know you have to do it to protect others, but then there has to there has to be the right of informed consent, mm-hmm. and there there has to be established the uh, medical uh, efficacy and the necessity of the intervention. But aside from that as well, I mean, if someone considers you or regards you as having a disability. In other words, regard you as having a contagious disease, then you have rights under the ADA. Okay. And if they claim that you do, they've ma- they're making a record of it. So you meet the two prongs for ADA protection. So everybody in the world, at least in the States, but everybody where there is this type of law yeah. is protected under the ADA as having a disability, even though you guys don't have a disability, a lot of you don't have a disability, because if I put a mask over my face, I know it's difficult to communicate. That's a disability. I know it, it distracts my attention where I can't think. And not that I've ever worn a mask, but people tell me this all the time. I can't think straight, I suffer a- anxiety. Yeah. Okay, so th- that actual word, anxiety, communication, thinking, walking, uh, major life activities are all different things that would be in- impeded by wearing this mask. And so that, that's where you come in with this disability issue. And they, they cannot force you to undertake a particular mitigation measure but they have to accommodate your proposal and they have to leave you alone if you ask them. Right. And they cannot retaliate by firing you. That's retaliation by coercion and intimidation. For example, let's say you go, you go to your employer and say, I'm regarded as having a disability. I'm regarded as having a contagious disease. And you apparently have made a record of me having this. And um, I, want, I, wanna, yeah, I want you to leave me alone. Or you ask him for reasonable modifications. And he says, no, there are none. Take it or leave it take it or take a hike, you're fired. And, um, or no, let's say they do this. Let's say they make it, let's, let's go a little subtle here. So your, your immediate boss says, well, fill out this form and show us, you know, tell us about your medical history and how this mask is affecting you. And they act like they're going to help you because they're ignorant. Okay. They're ignorant. You cannot ask a person this, right? Not the burden of proof is not on you as an employer or it's not on your employee to prove his medical condition so that you can re-diagnose him or diagnose him. And you're not even qualified to do that. Right. The burden of proof is on the employer who can, who regards you as having a contagious disease. So do not fill out those um, medical exemption forms. Do not go to your doctor. Your doctors are threatened with professional exclusion for giving you an exemption. They've been okay. threatened. They're being paid to participate in this Live-action role-playing event to harm you. they Have been paid to participate, so you're not going to get an exemption. By the way, there is no medical exemption. That's a, that's just bad language. There is uh, there is a qualified individual with disabilities. Okay, there are mitigation measures and things like that. There are modifications, all right, accommodations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that language. But yeah, they uh, they cannot. They, the burden of proof is on the uh, who whoever's asking you, and the way it works is. They have to conduct what's called an individualized assessment and it has to be under certain criteria you can look it up on the internet it's really easy language to find Um, and they have to have there's like four or five criteria they have to meet they can't just say oh well the cdc said everybody's contagious no that is not an individualized assessment they have to talk about you they have to assess your condition and how you affect others and they have to establish that you have a contagious disease and what's interesting is there's no test for that the pcr test is not diagnostic and there's no Mm -hmm. test for a delta variant so the whole thing is fake. I mean,
1: my favorite thing was I—I I had some problems with a Chipotle location in my neighborhood, and um, you know, I made a big stink about it and called their corporate or whatever number they had, um, and they had someone from their legal department call me and try and say that I was a direct threat because the CDA, CDC said right,
0: that's what they say <laughs> exactly. So that of course, and they or we've got a case right now where they did it in court. The stupid attorney said that in court. We just tore her apart. <laughs> oh, we just tore that attorney apart. Oh my what god! What did you? What was your response? I'd have to go find it, but we just, we just really made fun. We mocked her in the pleading in a way that the judge would accept. We just tore her apart. I'm like, all my people on my team are like, oh my god, look at this. This is a gift. Like, yeah. You know, what an what an ignoramus. I mean, my son went to um, my son is 17, and he went over to this tropical cafe. It was a tropical cafe, to uh, you know, get himself a sandwich or whatever. And he came back, and he was like, you could tell he was like really like. Yeah, it wasn't that he was angry. He's not that type of person yet. See me, I get indignant and angry because I know what's right and wrong. And yeah, I'm older and stuff like this. Yeah. And he's like 17. And he's a child. So he's, he'll be more like, uh. and so they told him they couldn't serve him because he wasn't wearing a mask. And he goes, I knew I'd have to run into that. And I said, No, I said, You are not going to tolerate this. Mm-hmm. I gave him the choice. and I said, Please, I would ask you to decide to not take it don't just accept this because if you do, you're going to be like all these other sheeple and you'll just do it to the next one and the next one. And what kind of life is that? He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, dad. I said, let me write a letter for you and let's mail it to him and see what happens. So he goes, okay, I'll at least do that because he didn't want to go back and confront him. I went back. I went back and they, they had just closed and I was very nice to him. It was a couple of college kids. And I said, you know, you guys can't, you can't discriminate against people that have disabilities, right? My son was just in here and he can't wear a mask. You know, you can't do that. Right. And like, oh, yeah, well, we don't know. (laughs) So it was like, it's not, it was just not worth anything. But anyways, I sent a letter and uh, it took a few weeks and there was a response and it was a vague response that did not really respond to the letter, which you can imagine what I'm going to write. Okay. It was this few page letter telling them the law. Okay. And they sent a letter where they didn't respond with like a couple of gift cards or something. And so we kind of laughed at it. And, uh, um, but I said, well, just go there next week. And, uh, Go in there again and try it again. And he went in there and the person who was running it was gone and there was new people there and they were so polite to him and they never harassed him at all about the mask. And they honored the gift certificate. So I don't know if that letter had anything to do with it or what i don't know what but
1: you know sometimes you'll be amazed at just just a little bit of pushback or making a phone call or sending a letter like what it can actually do to change things i i flipped my grocery store like that you know because i I kept making it it took maybe like two or three times of like me calling up making a stink and you know like kind of threatening them you know with a with a lawsuit uh even though i probably wouldn't have went to the trouble but um yeah, they were like, "Oh, you know, we're we're really sorry. Like, it won't happen again. Come, come see us, you know." Um, but you they not want to, to be, the, be
0: the, Yeah, they don't want to be ridiculed by their boss. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of like you know, trickling down. It's and and, and nobody knows what the hell is what. They just it really is a lot of ignorance. Yeah. Everywhere, and and I've had people like you know even, uh, I tried to go get like a like a MRI or something from um, City MD it's like an urgent care place and yeah. uh they denied me
0: they denied yeah. me for not
1: wanting to wear a mask and these these are your, do- your
0: doctors medical yeah they should know better yeah yeah, yeah. how do yeah, you not the, know this yeah yeah we just we that's a, no that's a what is it that would be a title three ada violation yeah but yeah i've done that too to my local story and i think it did have an effect um there's all kinds of ways to attack this uh, let's see it was last year late last year they were doing the at walmart and target all the big box stores they had all these um mazes marked off with all the um stanchions and the ropes on the yeah. front so so they closed all the doors they locked them and they, at walmart this huge superstore and they they left open one door one double door that you could like only this wide right and i clearly first thing i thought of was man the fire marshal should know about this I mean, because i just think of things like that you know like liability so and and that's another thing too you can use cost of litigation to to kind of bully your way into some things like come on guys i don't want to sue you and i I don't even know how to sue you but i'll do it and it'll probably cost you 10 grand even if you win do you want to do that you know so but but i wrote a letter to the fire marshal i went and looked up the fire safety code and i just wrote one letter and i actually i i went and got pictures of a Walmart, not the ones in my town. And I didn't go to the trouble of taking my own pictures. I just found a Walmart with ropes out front and I put them in the letter. Yeah, And I said, look, they're they're creating a fire hazard, et cetera. And man, within a week, not only Walmart, did Walmart stop it, but Target and every other store that was doing that, Best Buy, everybody went back to normal because I think the fire marshal, because his butt's on the line. And so he just made a phone call and said, guys, you're gonna get me in trouble. Take those lines down. You can't. You have to open those doors. You have to leave those doors open because of the size of your store. So anybody can do that. So even
1: even if um, if they're making you wait, like the stores that have you know only fifteen people at a time, and I mean we saw this when it was at kind of the height of of everything. But can they can they require everybody to to wait outside of public accommodation and and limit the number of people? Like what, what's the whole deal with that? Mm-hmm. Because that's super annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah and you know that goes along with the claim that the attorneys make that we we do this equally to everybody so they say we're not discriminating but that's just like saying you know we equally apply the same policy to everybody so all the blacks over there and all the whites over there I mean that's so how do you how do you leave people outside that's kind of a hard case to argue that one like how yeah. do you say it's an, a, a discrimination based upon disability Well, if they're regarding you as having a disability and that's why you're staying outside and the staying outside is the mitigation measure, you see how that works? Mm -hmm. So you could make a stink about it. You could say, I had to to go in there for a thing and I had to wait outside in the hot or whatever it was in the weather or whatever. Right? Um, And I was, I I felt humiliated, right? Yeah. So there's harm and and harm is not when you slip and fall. Harm is when a, a thing that you have a right to Ha- right to is, is damaged like i have a right to ingress and egress a public accommodation and unless there's a reason like if there's a safety hazard a genuine safety hazard then sure but if i'm regarded as having a dis- contagious disease and that's the reason why i have to stay outside well then i think you do have a cause of action mm-hmm. it is kind of a difficult one to do i mean i don't i, I didn't have i don't have one of those but the 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 more obvious cases are the ones where you're being harassed and they call the police on you and things like that. Yeah. That is, uh, that's pretty easy. And then the cases end up in trespass. In fact, I was going to do a video on this where you go into a store and then uh, they call the police on you for trespass. Sometimes they do let you know and sometimes they don't. And so trespass has to be, uh, has to come from a violation of some kind, a legal violation. You cannot use the police at public expense to enforce a private store policy, legal or not. Whether or not the store is valid, policy is valid or not, you cannot for, enforce a store policy um, unless you're disrupting people, which is a, you know, a public you know, a crime. It's a crime to go and disrupt people. But yeah. if you're not involved in disorderly conduct for real or trespassing for real, it's impossible to trespass in a, in a public accommodation during normal business hours.
1: Right. Unless you're it's, like jumping up and hollering or something, right?
0: Yeah, that's disorderly. That would be
1: disorderly conduct. Yeah. Or
0: loitering. Right. Okay. And no problem there. Sure. But just shopping and, and being arrested for trespass. So they can't arrest you for not wearing a mask, but they can choose to do trespass. So what that does is it makes the, you it enormously burdensome to, for you to go fight that case because most people don't know how to do it. And when you get an attorney, he'll just turn you into the court and you're going to lose. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to you're going to end up on probation. And, and that's how they do it. The attorney will not help you in those cases, nor will they help you with ADA because they're incompetent or and they're mm-hmm. and they're unwilling. So on those cases, what I tell people is if you, you know, be aware that if you get, if you get yourself in that situation, understand that you can be arrested. And so you should plan ahead. You should, you should set up your bail ahead of time with a bail bondsman or a friend. And uh, if you're going to go through that process, if you think that's effective for what you want to do, go to your court where a person who's arrested will be prosecuted, go to the court and find out which judges are on there on the, on the bench for the criminal court. Maybe it's going to be misdemeanor or something, right? Also, find out how to look at the docketing sheet from the clerk. The docketing sheet is a list of everything that's filed in your case. So here's what I'm finding: a lot of times, people are uh, cited, and maybe they're arrested, but they're never prosecuted because the state knows, the city knows that they won't win if you show up and you know fight it. Or the prosecutor says, "I'm fed up with this stuff. These people didn't do anything wrong. I can't. I'm not going to prosecute this." Now, some most don't do that. Um, but what I tell people is. Uh, and I'm going to explain this in another video, but uh, plan ahead, go through that process. If you get arrested for trespass, go through the process, don't resist arrest, but go through and then get bailed out and then pull the docketing sheet because they're going to have you go in for an arraignment, pull the docketing sheet and see if you've been charged with a crime. And there's something called a charging instrument. Yeah. Okay. So what this is, is a, sw- a sworn statement or a statement made or penalty of perjury or under oath or a certified statement uh stating that uh, accusing you of a crime and the crime is actually it must be a statute it cannot be an executive order it cannot be a policy it it has to be a a statute that's enacted by your state legislature okay so if you're charged if you're so there has to be a document and it will appear in your docketing sheet in the court so here's why i'm explaining this when you go to an arraignment this is true for all cases but when you go to an arraignment there you're not charged with a crime so what happens is the judge says You're charged with such and such and such. And the truth is, you're not charged with it. You're just being cited for it. The cop wrote you a citation, okay? And lots of times, the cop didn't observe the violation. He was just told by the store owner that you were trespassing. He didn't observe you trespassing because you're there during normal business hours. That's not trespass. So he'll cite you for trespass, but he doesn't have personal knowledge, so he cannot file a case against you he can he can issue a citation but he they cannot charge you with a crime so the only time you can be charged with a crime is when you make a plea guilty not guilty no loca- contender right no contest no contest only then yeah. once you enter a plea can you be charged with a crime so as long as you don't enter a plea they cannot charge you a crime with a crime and they have to dismiss the case because of the speedy trial rules so how do you not enter a plea though you ask to see the charging instrument before you consider entering okay. which type of plea, and you cannot be required to enter a plea until you've had a chance to review the charging instrument and oh. understand the charges made against you. Gotcha. But that's why I say, pull the docketing sheet first to see if you've been charged, and then you can tell the judge, well, your honor, I looked at the docketing sheet this morning, and I'm not charged with a crime. And it, you know he'll know, he'll know, because it's the game they play. Um, and but what i 've been finding in most of the cases when someone's in the situation is um, and this is and this has changed a little bit it's going to come back even worse, but in the beginning of this year and late last year um a person would have to go to an arraignment. So I would say when you go to the building, they're not going to let you in the building without wearing a mask. And I tell them, do not comply. And so when the person at the at the uh, door says, you can't come in here without wearing a mask, you tell them, you tell the officer, whoever's this masked assailant, okay, heavily armed masked assailant, uh, who's not letting you in the public building that's open to the public because it's a court you tell him that you're under a court order to appear and that uh you're under court order in a criminal proceeding to appear in the proceeding and you also tell him that uh you're a witness in a criminal proceeding Mm -hmm. and ask if he wants to accept liability and responsibility for interfering with a witness and tampering with a witness and, and hindering a witness who's been ordered to appear in a criminal proceeding moreover you explain that you're a qualified individual with disabilities And that you're uh, wanting him to leave you alone so that you can comply with the court's order or that you ask for reasonable modifications, which includes, please step aside so I can enter the building, (laughs) you know, so you give them that whole thing. Right. And of course, they don't let you in the building. And so then we do an affidavit and we file in the court and the judge issues a bench warrant for your arrest because you didn't appear. But you didn't appear because you were interfered with under the court's order. So the court ordered you to appear, and then ordered the people in the court to interfere with your ability to appear. (laughs) So I've got all these cases that are just sitting there, and what happens is a a couple have gotten dismissed already, but there be all of them. Almost all of them are beyond the speedy trial limitation, which is three to nine months, reasonably three to New York is three months, and so if you run the clock on them, they have to throw the case out if you play that game. Now, recently, they're letting you in the building without the mask on. So um, you got to be a little bit wise and be ready to defend yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, I
1: mean, do they have any, if you are in the court and you're there to defend yourself, what kind of things are they using against people? I mean, seeing as there is no law anywhere for this stuff. I mean, how has it in your experience been, been going inside a courtroom?
0: I don't know that I've seen a case on its merits, but I would imagine the judge would try to make the, the statutory criminal violation stick, like for trespass or disorderly. Okay. He would try to make that stick, and I don't believe they can, the, the court can reach the burden of proof. But the problem is, most people get an attorney, and the attorney screws it up. Yeah. So you got to do it yourself. And so there is a burden of proof, and there is a pleading requirement for the state. So what, what's all that mean, you know, so, th- you know, they have to allege certain things and there has to be firsthand personal knowledge of the commission of a crime. And yeah, they have to do, they have to cite a statute. And if you look at the statute in the books or online, if you look at the annotated version, it helps you understand the interpretation of the statute and how it applies. And in some cases, the statute doesn't apply. For example, in a trespass case, it's criminal, but there has to be an underlying violation in order for there to be a trespass and if the environment is where you were in, a, in a, a public accommodation which is a retail place like costco even though it's a membership club it's still a public accommodation yeah. and it was during normal business hours you are what's considered an invitee an invitee is the highest uh, status of entering a building in public with the highest expectation of uh, duty of care and, and whatever courtesy is or due a an invitee, they invited you, so they can't invite you and then call the police on you for trespassing. So part of the defense is that they have to prove that you were not an invitee and that it was not during business hours, and so they, they can't. can't. Right. They can't. But the problem is people are so terrified they'll try to make a deal and just settle, and they'll you know they'll enter into a settlement which will really turn out to be a no contest plea. And we're, which is more like a guilty plea. And then it looks like you were wrong for not wearing a mask. And that so the rest of the, the morons out there that think you have to wear a mask say, yeah, look at that guy who was arrested for not wearing a mask. Yeah. No, he wasn't.
1: Scare tactics. A lot That's of scare They do tactics. Yeah. yeah. And the cops amazingly don't know any of this stuff. I had actually during, a, you know, one of my <laughs> worst cases, you know, about I had the cop tell me, oh, it's a it's a private business. And I said, oh, yeah. Did you knock on the door before you entered?
0: Good question. That is a good question. Yeah. And you tell them, you know, you know, you know, as, you know as, as well as I do that it's a public accommodation. A private business does not give them the right to uh, farm cats, right? <laughs> it doesn't give them the right to administer uh, tattoos to children uh, without permission of their parents. Come on right you know and they know they know i've had i've had cops i mean my clients tell me cops uh, will turn off their mic and say man i'm really glad you're standing up for yourself here it's amazing how fast people give up their rights and they turn the mic back on and 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 my client says well if you feel that way why are you going along with it you coward yeah why don't you resign you shouldn't even have that badge and they don't say anything it's sad
1: they just care about their paychecks, yeah, I heard a lot of them talking, and you know a lot of them hate cuomo here you if you If you ask the cops in my precinct about yeah. Cuomo, they can't stand them, but they want that paycheck that's all they care about, and they'll do anything unfortunately for the paycheck, which yep. is i mean it's just it's pathetic, you know,
0: yeah, well, here's the thing you might want to consider doing I mean, I told you guys you can you write a letter to the stores and say, "I got a disease at your place um you could write. And ask, and you might be able to do a public records request, not even a FOIA, not even using the Freedom of Information Act. You could just use a public records request. And if you Google public records request for your county or state on the internet, you can send it to your county, your court, your sheriff's office, your police office. And here's what I would ask for. Ask for a copy of the briefing that was given to the police officers or the sheriff's deputies that morning on a particular day. And for that week, because there's like, they do cycles, they do have a week of briefings, and then they have day by day briefings. Mm -hmm. So get the briefing. It's probably public record. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Okay, and and here's what's happening. The cops are being briefed to break the law and coach the retailers on how to report a trespass case correctly, if Um. they can. So get those briefings because then you can write a letter to the county attorney. The county attorney is for the sheriff and the city attorney is for the police. And you say, hey, why are the police being – in fact, you could do this without even getting the briefings. But you could write them a letter and say, why are the police or why are the sheriffs being briefed on how to violate the law, for example, and then tell them what's being said? Mm -hmm. They're being told that because it's a private business, they can do this, which you know is, is you cannot do that. That is not true. And you can make the argument using a hypothetical argument, which is what they do. Attorneys do that. But the county attorney is the the person you would send notice to when there's a liability, monetary damages, for an act committed under the county's funding. So the police are are creating a liability for the county, and the – I'm sorry, the police are creating a liability for the city – And the sheriff for the county and you serve notice in the county and ask why are why are you permitting this and if you're not aware of it you should be you have reason to know and a duty to know that this this liability is being created over here Mm -hmm. and once you put them on notice then you can file a tort claim if if you have to
1: wow that's crazy i didn't know that they were that they received briefings actually
0: it's the briefing schedule you find out this is what i do i mean you find out where the liability where that that infraction came from mm-hmm. and it's the briefing schedules. And it's also, I mean, it's, it's a parroting of everybody saying the same thing. So that tells me that the individual stores are not, they're being told, you say this, when people say this, you say this, if people want to hand you a piece of paper, don't read it. If someone at your, on your premises, a customer calls the police, he's going to end up being arrested. You have to know this. I knew this in the beginning because I I, I could see what they were doing yeah so that's why when people tell me i was surprised i called the police and they arrested me well yeah. that's the game they yeah. already know what you're going to do they knew it 10 years ago they started this thing 30 years ago yeah yeah
1: it's nuts it's nuts everything is set up set up against us so you we really do have, have a to remedy be...
0: we, we we have a remedy what i recommend is start knowing your neighbors if you don't start doing nice things for neighbors um invite them to a party invite them over for dinner do something nice for them you know uh surprise them with something uh and, and just start talking to them you know yeah. just do that because you're going to need to have that relationship hopefully it's going to be a good one you want to have that you yeah, don't want to be at odds with
1: them. Mm-hmm. especially like-minded people in your community you know that's that's what all these groups everybody's forming is for yeah. you know that's why Yeah, yeah. if you Um, have really
0: good neighbors, you can even think about creating a no-go zone for your neighborhood in a situation where you can police your own neighborhood and actually keep anybody out. And this may be necessary. A no-go zone is where you are the police in your neighborhood, where no one comes in there without your consent. And Hmm. so that requires uh, people to monitor the entranceways. So, it just takes a lot of effort, and it takes some training and resources and communication skills and equipment and things like that
1: I think that's what the the Hasidic community does down in Brooklyn. They have their own kind of police down there. it sounds like yep. what they're doing.
0: You can yeah. do that, yeah, you guys have a lot of power in your neighborhoods. We can do a lot of, we can do a lot of good for ourselves. We can use our homeowners associations because the, the HOA has a covenant. The covenant is a lien against your property, but it's a blanket lien against everyone's property. So as long as we're going along with the covenant and behaving accordingly, it's good. Now I know HOAs have a bad name because of psychopaths have been running them. But if we take control of our HOAs, we can make it our our local government. We can do some really cool things. In fact, we can turn our HOAs into a Costco. You You could use your HOA to buy volume discount foods and supplies and have them shipped to your neighborhood and have your neighbors come out and pick up their share and, and create your own co- co-op. Mm-hmm. So we were starting to do this last year. And I think people have gotten a little complacent because they think that, you know, there's there's a reprieve or something, but it's going to yeah. come back even worse in about a month. I think we're going to start seeing.
1: Yeah, I've been hearing even sooner than that, possibly. Who yeah. knows? I mean, they're they're definitely ramping up. It's, it's scary, mm-hmm. especially in New York City.
0: Oh, my gosh. In fact, I'm going to take on the New York Transit. I, I showed you the letter there yeah that just went out today that went out to the union and the new york transit and it went to their chief counsel quickly so
1: can you explain a little bit of what that says exactly
0: yeah um okay so basically i'm telling the um let me make sure i get the right one i want to pull it up real here real quick here um new york okay so what i did is i um i sent the letter in behalf of the employees And I send it in the name of my organization called Professional Advocates, okay, in New Hampshire. And so we have the right to do this. So that way, I don't have to wait for one guy to send the letter. I'm sending it in behalf of every employee, state employee of the state of New York, especially for the um, the the Transport Workers Union and the New York City Transit Authority and MTA, Municipal Transport Authority. Okay. And what I'm saying is that um, the employer. And it, the the board members and the leadership, uh, the, ex- the executive leadership of the MTA and the N- NYCT ha- are regarding me as having a contagious disease. And they're also making a record of it. And then I explain that this presents as a mental illness known as fictitious disorder. <laughs> and I go ahead and talk briefly about that. And then I say the employees that are exhibiting or presenting the symptoms of this mental illness include... I name the CEO. I name the, the I name all the top people on the board, and and then I said it includes the entire board, the leadership board, and the board of directors. You got like two things going on there. So like in this case, it's going to be, uh, who? Uh, it's going to be the yeah the individual MTA board members and each member of the executive leadership basically. And then I name a couple of them just to throw some names in there, like the CEO and stuff. So then I go in. I explain. Um, I go to the MTA's website and I pull. About its mission statement, here's what it says: uh, to promote fairness, inclusion, equality in the administration of its employment practices, and to ensure compliance with the laws, regulations, and policies that prohibit unlawful employment discrimination in the workplace. It's its own words, mm-hmm. and then I quote him even further. It goes in there more diversity and inclusion. Uh, we uh, we do not tolerate discrimination based upon disability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I quote their own policy on. You know, anti-discrimination based upon disability. And then I start off with, in spite of these written policies, and then I just just, just blast them with how they're violating it. And uh, they're regarding me as having a disability. They're making a record as if I have a disability. And we're in the middle of an EOA period where there is no vaccine and there is no medical intervention that's even safe and for which no one's liable. And then there's no duty of care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I go into the, you know, the ADA requirements for individualized assessment. And then I go into medical necessity and all this, and you guys haven't shown it. And you haven't even advised me, because we're in an EUA period, if you tell me I have to submit to it, taking a certain product or, or practice, you have to tell me that um, – you have to tell me the risks and benefits. You also have to tell me um, that, it, that I can reject it, that I can refuse it. You have to tell me that. You can't yeah. tell me that I can't refuse it. And I, I can cite the law if you guys want to hear this. Um, sure if you want to look it up okay so if you look in title 21 which again this is the fda uh, in title 21 of the u.s code this is the statute now not the reg it's section 360 now what you want to do is google this so it's title 21 okay so 21 usc section 360 and it's going to be lowercase b lowercase b lowercase b dash three
1: right bbb
0: yeah, ebb 3 all lowercase b's. So check that out. And in there, there's a section that says you have to be advised of the benefits and detriments of the thing they want you to do. And they have to tell you that you can re- accept it or you can refuse it. You have the right of informed consent. And this is what I'm telling you guys. We have the right of informed consent. If there's a law that says you have to submit to a medical intervention without that right, that law conflicts with the first one not going to work. That's why I can tell you for certain there is no law that requires these things.
1: Yep. Yeah, Jeff Weisman's been going around uh I hope that I pronounced that right. He's been going around in in California where he lives to businesses like I think he he basically took down IKEA uh with uh with BBB. Um yeah, he's been helping a yeah. lot of businesses out there. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing I sent in there to to add a little a little uh, salt to it is uh, I, uh, I give them an indemnification agreement. So I make them sign, they never do this, nobody will ever do this. But I'm saying, look, you warrant to me that there is a contagious disease for which you have a duty of care. You warrant to me that the medical intervention that you're requiring me or purportedly requiring me to undertake is uh, it going to be effective and it, ha- it is ne- uh, medically nece- necessary. Mm-hmm. You warrant to me. You warrant to me. You also indemnify me and my family against any adverse health consequences from following it. And if it doesn't work, you still indemnify myself and my family. If I die because of it, you have an, you have insurance to cover it. So I go to this whole indemnification agreement, and at the very last part, it says, "And you're also going to provide me a copy of your insurance binder showing that you can back up your indemnification with actual insurance." And they can't. And that's why I know my client's never going to have to comply because they can never sign this. Right. It's just to let them know.
1: Yeah. You really just have to be good at like kind of taking their own, you know, firepower and and shooting it back at them. Right. Turning it back at them. It is. Yeah. I got
0: Walmart too. I just did a letter for Walmart and on Walmarts, uh, they have two cases. I just quickly in one minute I found on the Internet. It's so funny. Uh, Walmart. And I quote the case. Okay, so Walmart was sued for discrimination based upon disability, like in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the case is right on the internet. In fact, they lost $125 million. Wow. They had to pay. Exact type of case, okay? Then I go and quote their policy in the letter, in the beginning part of the letter. Your policy says, discrimination and harassment, we respect each other, blah, 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 blah. After I quote the case and how egregious they were, and they were mocking the guy, uh, it's just horrible what they did. You guys can look it up. Just look up Walmart disability, Walmart discrimination. You guys will see the case. Hmm. The, the second case, scroll down, you'll see that one too. The second case, and then I quote that case. And then, and then I go into my situation. Now, as pertains to me, here we go again. Here's yet another case where Walmart is demonstrating a history of abusing and discriminating Against people with disabilities such as myself, and you know when they see that my my purpose there is to sh- show the attorney that this is just nothing but bad publicity, and that makes him look bad. that makes general counsel look bad, chief counsel makes him look bad, so i want him I want him to get off his butt and do something quickly because this is going to get ugly and I make the point I say in here, you know. Walmart could have resolved this at the administrative hearing with the EEOC, but it didn't. It let this case go to court, and here we are. Why did it do that? Are they incompetent, or they just don't care? (laughs) And then I go into my thing, you know, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, all this. You have Munchausen syndrome, all this other (laughs) stuff, you know. uh, You you don't have medical necessity. Oh, and by the way, if you look at – I tell them the letter. And by the way, if you look at um, official public records, looking at the mortality rates, yeah. For the year 2017, 18, 19, 20, the mortality rates have a standard deviation of zero. Zero. <laughs> so by your own official records, uh, there is no pandemic. I didn't say it. That's
1: true. Yeah.
0: I mean, come on, guys. You should know this by now. If you're wearing a mask, shame on you. You should know that there's no dangerous disease anywhere. You right. can't catch it. And
1: even if you want to go into the science of it, they've never found the virus genome in saliva. Uh, Never. They've never.
0: Even even contagion has not been proven scientifically. Of course. Even contagion.
1: No. The only
0: thing that's been done is you've been brainwashed through entertainment when you're watching Dustin Hoffman (laughs) shout, it's airborne.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All the zombie shows. and and I mean, look how many
0: times we use the word viral. It's gone viral. Yeah, I mean, think of, we are so programmed.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they spent decades programming yes. this into us. So, yeah, it's a hard thing to turn around. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, if no one has watched uh, episode two of my podcast yet, I had Don Lester and uh, David Parker, who wrote a very amazing book, like about 800 pages on the true nature of, of disease. And, you know, they'll tell you. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, none of that stuff is is real.
0: <laughs> the other thing I hit them for, which is a big thing in the corporate world, at Costco, it's a big thing at the big box stores, the big you know uh, publicly traded companies, is a corporate corruption, fraud, bribery, things like that, right? Yeah. So what's going on right now is you're seeing a lot of ads. Go look in your town. You'll see a lot of ads where the big box stores are advertising for employment. We're hiring now. We're hiring, hiring, hiring. Yeah. They're not. What they are doing, though, is collecting your employment application, and they're literally throwing it in the trash. And for everyone that they get, they're getting huge money from the Department of Health and Human Services. They're paying the companies to not hire people, and they're paying people that would be looking for jobs to stay home. Wow, yeah. So the Department of Health and Human Services is doing that on a national scale. Check it out. So I put that in my letter to them. Uh, I'm accusing them of this corporate corruption. They have a conflict of interest. Yeah. And the other thing we have the Department of Agriculture threatening farmers. I that, was just going to
1: say that, yeah. Yeah, if
0: you don't plow into your crop, we'll kill it with Agent Orange. And if you do plow into your crop, we'll pay you. So you have your government deliberately destroying all the food supplies and supply chains and, and product. And the problem with that is once you disrupt a supply chain, it, it's almost irrecoverable. You're yeah. not going to get it back. And they know that all they have to do is get it teetering just a little bit. And once it breaks down, the companies that put it together, some of them, one or two, may not come back. And maybe someone won't fill that gap because the risk is too high or they can't get insurance, which is another way they control us. And so you've just destroyed, I mean, you're creating a famine. Okay. You're creating. Yeah,
1: they really are. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it is. It is. It's terrifying. You got a famine and you got these stupid people that are injecting themselves. They're not a human anymore. (laughs) And they 're sick because they're they 're fat, and they they 're breathing in their own bacteria <laughs> they 've got Staphylococcus times ten now well bacteria
1: is not the cause of disease it 's a response
0: yeah okay <laughs> they're so breathing in is, toxins. It's causing exactly <laughs> right. toxic chemicals and all this stuff but, right you know your biggest health problem is being fat, being fat, and looking at your phone all day because the blue light from the phone is suffocating the respiratory function of the robiniclake acid in your cells, this part of your body. Okay. This part that makes you healthy, this part that should be looking at the sun during the day. Mm -hmm. This part of your body is, you know, should be exposed to the sun much of the day. Yeah. And you're suffocating that by doing this indoors. And, um, you know, that's making you sick.
1: Yeah. That's why, you know, they wanted to lock us down and, they want to constantly lock us down and make us stay inside so we're away from the things that we need which is connection to nature and the sun you know natural vitamin d3 synthesis on our skin yep um yeah we need to be outdoors we need to connect with people and and trees and grass and all that stuff
0: just if you want to try some i'm doing it with my my children i have uh, five children and forced are still with me at home and so the, the little ones, and I can might talk to the little older the older one that my three three of them I could probably talk them into doing this. they're nine twelve and and fifteen mm-hmm. so I'm doing a fake birthday party, and i am we have planned an obstacle here, so we could just schedule a birthday party, and I'll tell all their I said get your friends, tell them it's a fake birthday party. it's free, come out, free pizza, cake, soda whatever you want, have a yeah. good time. It's on me just to get kids together to have fun, yeah. And, and, and this is my way of protesting. Either have a party. St- uh, instead of grilling at your house in the backyard, grill in the front yard on Saturday afternoon and just get too much food and tell your neighbors, come on over and, and we'll cook whatever you guys want, pull up a patio chair. And I'm actually seeing our neighbors do that here. We have good weather here in Florida, so it's easy to do that. But this is how I think we should be acting and not protesting in the streets so much as we should be getting together in large groups and high fiving and having games and playing basketball and things like that. I got a hoop for my kids. They're playing basketball on the street now. So do those things.
1: I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring bring back that human connection that they, mm-hmm. they want us so badly to lose with the six feet yes. distance and, and you know, the masks, you know, losing all facial recognition oh gosh, yeah. and yeah, personality. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing uh, amazing thing yeah, to do. Try
0: having a fake birthday party. It's a Have a fake birthday party. There you go. <laughs> really an idea.
1: Um speaking of kids, I wanted to ask you about uh schools because that's a big thing that I get asked about all the time. And I mean I don't know why parents still wanna keep their kids in schools. I I tell them to take their kids out. If it were me, I'd take them out. Um uh, but what's your you know, what's your remedy or advice for, for, you know, kids in schools regarding the mass, the vaccines, all all of it?
0: Well, I saw your post, I think it was here on this, on your channel on uh, this one, wo- this woman in England, apparently, uh, her, her daughter got jabbed. Oh. The DOH came in there, NHS is what they have over there in England, and yeah. came in there and in- injected her daughter without her consent. Well, if you send your children to that school, they're acting as if you gave consent. It's, it's called abandonment. I mean, I'm not I'm not using the word in the sense of like you guys hear it. I'm talking about there's a technical legal principle called abandonment of property. And yeah. that's being applied to taking your children's school. In fact, that's old. That's been around for 30 years, at least. There's some case law we have here in the States. So if you're thinking that if you're thinking that we have a school system, that's your first mistake. We haven't had a school system since March of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So get over it. We do not have a school system. What we have is a, a, a penitentiary. So it's a very dangerous environment to send your child and your child may end up injected with some poison and kill him or whatever they're going to do to him. Moreover, he's being tortured. He's being, you know, um, assaulted every day by this sickness, by these mentally ill people. And it's funny to say they have a mental illness, but they actually do have a mental illness. And we know what it is. So you should not be sending your child to school and I know it's a huge financial burden for some people but I'm sorry you got to rearrange your life somehow so that you can accommodate this I really am sorry but you got you can do it you can do it and you you should not try to do it alone work with your neighbors who will work with you or family members um in fact I just talked with I talked with three parents today um they're from the educational you know, environment, but they are, uh, starting last year, they started forming their own school and we kind of buttoned up a whole process where they can actually do schooling and it's huge in their area. So many people want to do it and the church contributed uh, their property so they can have a facility. It's really amenable to what they want to do. And I would just encourage you to do that. You do not need to spend a lot of money on homeschooling. You don't need to be a genius. Let me tell you something. My daughter, when she was 16, I told her she was going to learn Mandarin Chinese. And I, to this day, do not know Mandarin Chinese, but I told my daughter she'd learn it. And she goes, well, dad, how do I do it? And I said, let me tell you, here's what you do the first time. You get, you look at the phonemes for the Chinese um, symbols that make up the alphabet, that make up the core components of the alphabet. Okay. And so she started there. So you just do one little thing at a time. And I, I guided her in that process. And it turned out to where she was Uh, able to uh, go to a friend's location and actually work there once a week in a Chinese restaurant and they only spoke Chinese and they gave her a reading list and so she gained uh, like a fifth grade reading level in Chinese in about a year and a half and so she can speak Chinese and my purpose in doing that was so she could travel and become more educated and not go to college I want her to be educated by traveling and for my children I have them learning uh, Latin and now French because they kind of go together so you can do these things, and I know Latin because I know law, and I know a little French because I studied because I was curious, um, but they're, they know a lot more than I do, and you don't have to know the subject. You can hire a tutor or not. You can call up a friend. I can call up my brother who's a, a crazy freak when it comes to chemical engineering, and he, he knows all this stuff, and I could just get him on Skype with my daughter or my son, and you know, I have my um, – my my all my children are different. So my 15 year old is really good at math, and my 17 year old is very intimidated by it. So my 15 year old is teaching my 17 year old algebra.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Because yeah, it's so you know you can do this if you have to, and I think you have to.
1: Yeah, it's either you know it's either damage your kid possibly irreparably forever, or you know make some major sacrifices. Yeah. It's 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 time. It's time to make those major sacrifices if you care about your kid, you know? I get a lot of excuses, but just it's not it's not time for excuses. They're not no longer applicable, you know?
0: I've had so much fun with my children. I mean, um because when I took them out of school, this is like 10 years ago, I took them out of school and cuz I, you know, when I when I put them in school, I I I missed them. <laughs> you yeah. know, I worked at home. I've always worked at home and I and I just missed them and I I was I would tell my wife, you know, I really want to go get them. <laughs> like, let me just go get them. Like just go take them to the museum. it will be like Tuesday at noon. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get them, you know, <laughs> you know, when they're like little kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so it, it's just been so much fun to homeschool them. And it, it's sometimes difficult and sometimes it's it's drudgery, but 90% of the time it's a blast. I just make stuff up. My daughter learned how to wire a house, uh, do plumbing, <laughs> uh, You know, my son learned Arduino, which is open source hardware, and he taught himself how to program in Python, and now he just bought himself an SQL book so he can write structured query language, which is going to be really useful in the future, you know? And so, so and they've had a lot, we've had all kinds of, uh, we go places, and sometimes I make them um, write up uh, something about the place we go to. So they might think it's, oh, it's it's fun, day off of school, yeah, but no, it's not really a day off of school, you know? (laughs) I made them break down the mower and build it back together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like an amazing education i wish yeah. i had that education yeah me too
1: you know i was I stuck in school, school so. bored off yeah. my ass like doodling in a notebook because i didn't know what the <laughs>
0: fuck the teacher was talking about exactly you know? exactly my, my son is talking to people now and i had to pay money for this part so i got him in this program he chose it and it's uh it's teaching him how to do direct marketing to business owners and he's yeah. he's 17 and the kids that are showing him and i say kids because they're 22 these guys are already multimillionaires. And they are showing him how to do it and and he doesn't realize and i have to tell him you know i never got to talk to millionaires when i was your age you get to talk to millionaires and they're telling you all their secrets they're telling you how they did it three years ago they were like you no money living at home you know and five years later they're literally there's some of these guys that are over a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue a million dollars a month in revenue doing direct sales um, and it's amazing in this crazy economy that they're making all this money, and they're, they're even yeah. doing better. So my son is learning that right now, and I'm looking at all the material he's studying, and it's it's real life. Like like if once he does it, once he just I could see he doesn't have the confidence yet, but just just gonna take that one little thing, and he will have within I'd say by the end of the by the fall he's gonna have his first cu- customer and first check. And it might be fifty dollars. It might be five hundred dollars. I don't know. But to him, that's going to be the world, and it's just going to go from there. And yeah. he's getting an MBA education. Yeah, it's and amazing. He wants it. Yeah, I didn't. Am- I didn't ask him to do that. He wanted to do it. My, it's amazing my daughter, what you can
1: do outside the yeah. school system.
0: Yeah, and and so my kids are like you know like entrepreneurs as, as I am. But I just you know they could do whatever they want, but they choose to be entrepreneurs. In the last two months, my daughter traveled across the country with her boyfriend she went from florida to california and back and by car and during that time she made ten thousand dollars in her own business wow and she's 19 wow (laughs) all right so you can do amazing things and she's still um the one thing that's holding her back is um she can't find a place to take the stupid sat and it's not that she wants to go to college. I mean, she can go if she wants to, but we get all this nonsense, so she's not going to deal with that. But um, yeah. uh, she wants to take the SAT just because I said, why don't you take the SAT to get a score? She's only doing it because I asked her to. Really? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just I thought it would be good to have a score, but what the heck. You, know, you don't need to take the SAT. Um, uh, try out for Mensa. Join Mensa. Okay. Don't do the SAT. I mean, you don't have to do the same thing you, you know your parents did and stuff that you did. Yeah. You can just be so creative with it. It's true. We have to think of these things. Like, a, a, you know, back to the HOA thing. The HOA can, you know, be your food distribution point. It can be a central point for your neighborhood to do things. You just have to make some modifications and get in there and take control. Not take control, like own everything, but get in there and influence people. You know, get collaboration with your neighbors. Some mm. neighborhoods are easier than others. Some neighborhoods you got like 10,000 homes. Some neighborhoods you got, you know... 80 or 200 so but uh, yeah look at things for what they are there are no schools
1: yeah that's true I gotta agree with that um, schools have gotten really scary the people who are running schools I don't know I don't know what's going on there but it's, it's terrifying there was a story in I think it was Australia if I'm not mistaken where they um, accidentally jabbed like 165 kids. And accidentally, then, yeah, yeah. They're like, "Oops, <laughs> it was an accident." And the the one of the I don't know who the official was, but he was on TV and he was he basically said, "Yeah, it happens. Get over it."
0: Oh, I saw that interview. Yeah, oh, geez. yeah. These guys, they don't have a conscience. Yeah. Uh, you you got to wonder who's who's collecting all this data because they're they've not only got our data already from the phones in our in our in our, in our all our. Interaction with each other that is intermediated with computers, like calling up a food delivery service on your phone. Anytime you're doing that, you're giving up all your data, your surplus data, your metadata, and it's being used against you, okay? Yeah, yeah, anytime we're doing that, someone is collecting that data, okay? It is, it's called um, mostly anthropological data, a study of human behavior. It's anthropological, and there's different subsections of that. I'm going to tell you who's collecting that. It's Johns Hopkins University, and it's the university system generally. Yeah. All your traditional university systems. And in the last – well, since Google's been around, you you should remember what I just said. Check this out. I mean start paying attention because the university Johns Hopkins in particular is behind this pandemic, this big yeah. pandemic.
1: They're a big one. Yep. They're Look collecting at their this funding. data. Yeah.
0: They are using it just like reconnaissance is being used against the enemy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's what Facebook yeah. is for sure. It, absolutely, it is. It's it's the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, what was the uh, who was it? Who else is doing this? CIA. Yeah. So it's it's nothing innocent. This anthropological data.
1: Yeah, it's scary, and uh, I mean, you know, I'm guilty of it. I think everyone's guilty of it. You know, getting sucked into social media. It's hard not to, because you know they've they've made it uh, a major part of life, where you can't really function with other people, you know, or talk to other people unless you're on it. Yeah, yeah, but
0: and I still resist. I mean, I don't know if that's. I mean, I'm going to resist as long as it's I can do that i i always leave my phone at home almost always yeah. i sometimes take it but i leave it at home it's at my desk and at night i turn it off i put it in a foil box in the microwave i don't use the microwave at all i keep the, it in unplugged so it's a faraday cage and it it's totally dead you know yeah. um there's silly things i do like that but um yeah they, they're collecting our data and they're using it against us so um just be aware that that your behavior is being tracked that, that's yeah. what the contact tracing program is about so that's another reason not to bring your phone to where crowded people are because your phone may connect to other people who are stupid enough to get vaccinated and and participate and join the contact tracing program. And so <laughs> your phone gets linked into that person. And next thing you know, they're at your house because the service address on most people's phones is their home. So just be aware of that. Right. Um, you may want to change the service, uh, not the service address. Yeah, you could change the service address on your mobile phone. You could change it to somewhere, other place. You could change it to a PO box or something. Mm -hmm. um there you know there's some things to keep in mind um yeah
1: it's a scary time it's a scary time to (laughs) to be alive with all this technology and it's only going you know it's only getting crazier and i don't know where it's gonna end I i mean they want us to be technology eventually right exactly yeah so yeah
0: well, I hope that information helps. I mean, I don't know what else to, I mean, if you know, we can cover specific, you know, situations, but I'm more than happy if you, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm more than happy to publish some of these letters that we do for situations yeah. like the students. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean dealing I'll with be, common areas and whatever situations.
1: Yeah. I can maybe post some, uh, some links to them in the, in the caption if that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, unless there's anything, uh, Anything notable you wanted to mention that people might ask about. I think that, that answered most of my uh, mm. most of my questions. So hopefully people take the initiative and and start pushing back a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to push back. You don't have to be confrontational. You yeah. can just make a phone call. I used to call the sheriff in the very beginning. I call the sheriff and say, Hey, we're having a party on Saturday. It's a big barbecue. Lots of people are gonna come over here. And the person who answered would be like, Okay. And be like, have a nice day, you know, just, just to do that. Because he's going to think, what a stupid person. And he'll yeah. say, you know, you can't believe the call I just got. And then he'll tell the next guy and then the next guy. And then they're like, Hey, there's a bunch of people having a party. <laughs> <laughs> and they want us to know about it. I mean, it's something simple like that. Right. Or just write a letter to your retailer and say, Hey, I got COVID or, um, write a letter that uh, claims it's anonymous as if you're an employee of the store saying hey i work here and i want to be anonymous because i don't want retaliation and um i just was diagnosed with um covid from working at the store and i would like to know what's what options are available to me what insurance coverage do you have and then use an use an email address like if you know one that you don't normally use, make up a new one, and just correspond by email that way you don't have to set up a whole mailbox and everything and that way they won't know who it is, but they'll be concerned like, oh my gosh, we should do something and you'll get a letter saying, "Hey look man, we just disclaim, disclaim all liability we don't ha- we're not responsible for this well, thank you very much then <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could really do a lot of good if if more people would just do that
1: yeah that's that's the major problem if in, if <laughs> there's one message to to retain out of all of this is. Is just, um, you know, make that call, make that that small push, that small effort, because it make it could it could make a world of difference. So, all right, man. Well, I thank you so much for the information. Thank you for sure. for helping everyone and everything that you do. Uh, we appreciate you. And um, yeah, I, hope I can help you. Yeah, I
0: appreciate the time, Patrick. Anytime. You too. Yeah. Thanks again. Buddy. All right. Take, take care. All right, everybody.